How to Survive Until You're Published, Season 1, Bonus Episode, Deep Dive into Villains with Connor Christensen. Hello and welcome to How to Survive Until You're Published, because if you're drowning in words, so are we and you might as well not do it alone. So today we have Connor with us to uh, help us dive deeper into villains. He's just some random guy we met off the street. <laughs> kidding, Connor. <laughs> I threw it in there. You asked me to and I did. I okay. Did. I did. Yep. Okay. But in all reality, Connor Christensen is an inspiring writer who, like most novices, has been telling stories since he could speak. Storytelling outside of the writing sphere. Um, Connor has, act- has also acted professionally at Tuacon Amphitheater and in the Cedar City Neil Simon Festival. Yep, that's that's pretty much my storytelling experience. I'd also add that like DMing. I guess that's like, true. Dungeons and Dragons. Ten, ten plus years of DMing now at this point. So that is a yeah. good point. Yeah, I think that's that a good is one. that is a big storytelling avenue. As well. That's true. That is true. Oh, anyway, cool. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm super excited yeah, to be excited. here. Excited, we're excited. Yeah, Connor has been a part of our writing group for a little bit, and so we thought. It'd be fun to bring him on and talk a little bit more about villains. Yeah. So oh, yeah. let's let's just dive in. So Connor, what are your favorite villains and why? Okay. Um, so my favorite villain happens to be a villain I think that gets made fun of a lot in the sphere, which is evil for evil's sake. Um, I really, truly love the Saurons of the, the writing world. So that mm-hmm. Sauron is one example of one of my favorite villains. And the reason being uh, is his presence is felt throughout the story without ever meeting him or hearing really anything he mm-hmm. says individually, right? It is the yeah. fact that he is, when you say villain, one of the first things that pops into people's minds, even though he, as a character, um, you know, lacks a lot of dialogue and presence in scenes, right? He has, his presence is felt in a different way through the story. So that's why he's one of my favorite villains. Honestly, I think that's great. And I think they're underutilized a lot, just villains for villain's sake. Um, But kind of following onto that, what are some of the different types of villains? Because you mentioned villain for like evil's sake, right? As Sauron giving an example, but what other types of villains are there? So, um... I'm prefacing, these are just villains that I've noticed myself from watching other writing podcasts and things like that, but there are sympathetic villains. Uh, a good example of that would probably be like Harley Quinn, I think. She is um, someone who was trying to help someone kind of out of the goodness of her heart and then gets warped into this nasty, maniacal sidekick uh, mm-hmm. in her original story. Uh, and in recent stories and tellings of her progress has been turned into more of kind of an anti-hero, which is it's uh, a flavor of villains that a lot of people like. And I think right now is really, really popular in uh, the writing and TV sphere. So that's one uh, sympathetic villains. Another one is the I don't know the word I want to say is the uh, oh, shoot. What kind of language can I use on this podcast? Never mind. He's the charismatic jerk, right, is what I'll say since I'm going to watch my language. Uh, but or the magnificent jerk is what they are, which is a villain who's always two steps ahead. Uh, it seems like every time they you talk to them, they have some sort of grand plan or concoction. Uh, Lex Luthor can be like this, depending on how he's written. Um, but that's another kind of villain that I'd like to highlight and talk about. And then, of course, there's the classic... Um, evil for evil's sake, which Sauron, um, my personal argument is Thanos would be more evil for evil's sake, even though he has a point. A lot of people argue with me 
on that, but that is just uh, one of my feelings is that he is he's he's doing something to ensure that the galaxy can continue, but he's not doing it to really help people. He's doing it uh, because he's proving a point, right? That he can do something like that. That's my opinion, mm -hmm. at least. But I like him. He's a good villain. Really well written. Yeah, he is really good. That's true. So how did you come to the conclusion of those different types of villains? Um, it's all been through reading and listening to other literary podcasts. Um, I don't, do you guys do suggestions on your podcast? May I ask? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. Go for so it. So yeah. a really popular YouTube channel, uh, is called, um, well, I just forgot the name of it. Shoot. It's hosted by red and blue for people who are looking up. It's, uh, overly sarcastic productions. And they do a lot of literary yes. trope dives. Yep. So Megan knows of them and has heard of them. Uh, and they did one recently on the magnificent jerk, quote unquote, uh, uh, character archetype. And that's really what got me thinking about villains in the first place and kind of highlighting these different types of villains. Okay. So why do you think it's important that not every villain's written the same, that we have these different types of villains? So I think one of the most one of the most important aspects of villainy right is they are someone uh for your audience to connect to outside of your protagonist right they are the other one of the most important aspects of your story which means that just just like how there are so many different type of protagonists throughout storydom right throughout storytelling uh you need just as many types of villains in order for things not to get stale there's there's a reason people tease um you know evil for evil's sake right sauron stuff like that because it's easy uh or it seems easy at least uh it's because it's common and a lot of people have read stories like that and are familiar with them ever since their childhood listening to fairy tales right evil witches in the woods uh cooking children in in gingerbread just because they can't right like stuff like that is really well known and that's why uh villains are all different throughout but i also think that we might be doing a little bit of an overcorrection in the current writing world where it seems like every villain now is in kind of a gray area uh where every every villain has this deep and personal backstory and almost an excuse to why they're bad right mm -hmm. um i don't know and it just i want it i want more i want difference i that it's i i enjoy stories i've found where um a villain is bad <laughs> i guess instead well, of me having to like care about them yeah i guess in that like sense so like just to clarify for anyone who's listening is it more that rather than they have their own reasoning and their warped reasoning right it's that it's in a way that's almost redemptive and it makes people feel sympathetic for them and it kind of takes away like the hate of the villain or why is it you don't like that current style and trend oh yeah um for sure, I think there's a place for redemptive villains. But what has the pinnacle of what has made me feel sick about it, I guess, is a really good example Star Wars. Uh, oh, spoilers for people who haven't watched the sequel series. I'm just going to say that right now. It's years old now by this point, so you should have. But anyway, uh, Star Wars, Kylo Ren, they attempt to give him a redemption, right? Near mm -hmm. the end of it. And after he's done so much bad, 
and been really kind of just not well written into his redemption arc he doesn't deserve it um <laughs> and that's part my problem more is is people feel like it seems like people feel like their villains need a redemptive quality when i would argue you don't need that with a villain they're one of the unique kind of characters where they don't have to be sympathetic yeah i think too kind of going along the lines with that like um we talked to amy ziegler on a previous episode that your episode is actually the bonus content oh for shoot villains. okay yeah and she kind of like touched on this as well that like oh i'm losing my train of thought basically like storytelling is kind of starting to take this direction where there's not actually a villain mm -hmm. but you should be using your villain to show the opposing view of the protagonist right and to really show the opposing view of theme too is something that she talked about in the theme episode which was episode four or something like that oh yeah um yes and how they should be proving like the opposite point of your character right so if you give them this redemptive quality it almost takes away from that a little bit but there is still a place for redemptive villains oh for sure and i i guess what i'm more saying is uh you should think as much about your villain as you do your protagonist right because they're two sides of the same coin or they should be in a lot of stories and they're just as important for your narrative uh which i guess we're accidentally bleeding into the the next question of our podcast which yeah yeah that was i was gonna ask that question next well actually i'm gonna ask like a side question and we can dive into that one Ooh, too okay um, side question uh well okay so backstory for me i have spent many many months Dive, uh, digging into my protagonist, yeah, my side yeah. protagonist, my side characters, but not my villain. And mm -hmm. I'm kind of backing myself into a hole a little bit now. I'm like, okay, there needs to be some more digging. Um, so how how do you how would you like what would you recommend to a writer that is trying to make a very effective villain that um that has you know kind of the qualities that you described not too much redemption um yeah. and and enough just plain evil that makes him not seem like surface evil but kind of deep evil yeah okay <laughs> um my recommendation for them is to um this is it's going to sound weird but go down a little bit of a rabbit hole for um murder mystery podcasts if you really need like if you are in a position where you can't understand the the mentality of villainy right of of evil um do just a quick gentle dive into murder mysteries um or not murder mysteries but uh true crime podcasts stuff like that real life um and then take those you know details and then generalize them is my suggestion Bo over broaden them um and i think that would help that would help a lot of people uh with that so you know motive for like a true crime uh a lot of times is jealousy or sometimes it erupts out of nowhere right so that that's those are all decent motivations for a villain but also just knowing history in general is also incredibly helpful because we have um a lot of heroes in history who viewed through a different lens could be viewed as as a complete villain a good example would be like alexander the great or genghis khan uh all conquerors terrible horrible people viewed through the the eye of modern society and, and standards which um 
I think could add a lot because you can read about a person who really was that way, like who existed that way and really thought they were a god on earth, right? Like stuff like that. I think those are good examples of how to write a, a truly evil villain who's irredemptive is is to look at tyrants. Yeah, that's a great suggestion. Yeah, that's really helpful. Actually, that's awesome. Okay, I'm glad. I'm glad. And I understand the scope scope for everyone's story isn't that big, right? I, I'm thinking in kind of the, I, I like to write fantasy most for the most part, and then sci-fi is second favorite. So I'm thinking in like the huge grand scheme of things. But the murder mysteries will help a lot if you're writing like a small town story or something like that, is you can find someone who lived in a small town and, and created this great blossom of, of terror and horror in a community. Uh, through small and simple actions. So, anyway. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, diving into our next question. Um, so, that's how to how to build a good character, but how do you make them an effective tool in your story? Right. I think something authors should remember while working through it is, um, first, you need to set up kind of what category of your story is, right? There's those, oh, geez, I can't even tell you how many archetypes there are, but... It's the, you know, man versus man, man versus nature, man versus society, those types of stories, right? Mm -hmm. And in each of, the, I don't know if you guys have actually heard of that, those, the storytelling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, with those types of stories, you then need to identify what kind of a villain you have, right? Man versus society means you have a big governmental villain usually, right? Or a cultural villain. Uh, uh, but you can even personify that down into a single individual if you would like to have it turn into kind of a man versus man situation. So after you've identified who your villain of the story is, um, right, well, who your antagonist is, uh, then you need to create this villain, which is the personification of your antagonistic force. Um, and the reason why they're an effective tool is because a villain can push your story and its progress forward without being on that page, right? Simply through actions that they are doing behind the scenes or uh, have done previous to your protagonist's birth, even in some stories, um, you can push your story forward down different avenues uh, based on how the villain has set up the world or is pursuing this chosen one if you have that kind of a story going on. So I think that's how villains are an effective tool for your story making how you can make them an effective tool is uh what amy and i were just talking about which is um think about your villain like don't ignore him don't let him sit in the back pedal make them you know him or her an active force in your story they're always planning something plotting something or have done something in the past that makes them near impossible to overcome uh another way i think that they're really important is uh, or how they can be an effective tool for storytelling is a villain um, has an incredible influence um, on tone and uh, your protagonist, right? So not only does the villain push the main plot forward, but the villain is also in probably a third of scenarios going to be the thing that is changing your hero, right? The hero is either getting change and progress from internal motivation, uh, from the motivation of an ally, which is the second third, or from uh, the deeds that your villain is doing, which is the third, the other third of this hero's progression. Um, 
so that's that's what i think i think an important way to make them effective in your story is to remember them they exist they're there and they're doing things uh sauron and lord of the rings for example his will is constantly felt throughout the ring even though we don't see sauron right there's always whenever we get through frodo's perspective you feel the weight of just this burden that he carries um, and he also then is affecting the story through his orcs, right? Gandalf, when he talks about Sauron, constantly mentions how uh, ominous and powerful and terrifying this force is that the good has to rise to meet. So it's those kinds of ways, I think, are the most effective way to make a villain a tool for your story. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love what you said about connecting them to your protagonist. Um, that it kind of makes me think of i mean stereotype harry and voldemort right at the at the beginning voldemort is kind of just a like a force kind of um mm -hmm. you know he's you know he's formless you know <laughs> at the yeah. beginning and um as you get closer to the seventh book the proximity gets closer um but it's also the mental proximity too for harry because he learns more about what voldemort did to his family and about the prophecy and his connection to voldemort and so it becomes more personal to him as the story continues to push forward um and i think that can be an effective tool too is just connecting your antagonist and your protagonist in a very personal way that motivates your protagonist to act um yeah yeah for sure it's that's awesome mind-blowing right now i'm just like holy crap i and i part of the reason i guess personal aside quick tangent i love villains uh the reason why i'm so like i almost want to apologize to your audience for how much i'm talking about them and how many words i'm spitting out of my mouth to get this out point across but the thing is is that to me your story right is not <laughs> is um half hero right and like mm -hmm. 35 40 percent villain if you don't have a villain that can like really push the story forward to me you, you've you've lost at least my personal interest i i get a little at least an antagonistic force right a good example jack london does an amazing job making nature a villain even though it's also something that should be respected and loved right so it's just just to, you need a good villain otherwise your story's kind of mad yeah. yeah it's true i mean like they kind of drive the conflict right and a story without conflict well it's a nice story it's it's just that it's not something that sticks with you that resonates with you in any way and it doesn't really make you think and i think for that's sure. why we like stories with good villains oh for sure um plus i just think that their style's cool dude like come on give me sharp jagged swords and armor all the time black all black let's go <laughs> just kind of i'm a dork that way i guess but it's a lot of fun i love villains so before we close out do you have anything else you would like to add about villains oh um uh, final point, I think I've kind of hinted at it throughout the whole story, but it's a villain doesn't have to be a person in your story, to me at least, right? If you mm -hmm. are doing a really amazing job describing nature um, and the challenges that you face in nature, to me, that's considered a good villain, as long as you're kind of personifying it, right, for people so that they mm -hmm. understand it. Um, and I guess uh, 
oh, finally, yeah, just enjoy your villains, right? If you're, I gave the example of like a true crime podcast to help you people if they don't really get how evil can exist in the world in the first place. But uh, don't write a villain that you're so disgusted with you couldn't keep writing about. Like make sure to write within your own personal comfort limits, right? Stretch that comfort zone, but don't, don't uh, over challenge yourself by trying to write a mass murder right off the bat without, you know, with w while being unwilling to learn about mass murderers is my suggestion. <laughs> yeah, I think too, like knowing your audience, right? Like, For sure. Probably oh gosh, not. <laughs> yes. I can't believe I didn't say that. Yeah. No, you're good. Because yeah, you probably don't want to get like super gritty with your villain yeah. uh, if it's for a children's book. That's true. Do you know what? Hey, good example. Uh, TV show Recess had some two really amazing villains, which was just the the old teacher that kept getting kids in detention and the snitch, right? Good true. villains. I liked them. They were a lot of fun to watch due to their thing. Uh, and they weren't gritty or mean or or dark in any real way. So. Oh, no. Well, um, along that note, to close out, do you what is the challenge you have for our, our listeners? Connor? All right, my challenge for your listeners is uh, take some time to write uh, a chapter or some practice scenes from the point of view of your villain. Uh, if you're not writing a book that changes perspectives, do it anyway, just so you kind of know what your villain is doing behind the scenes of your story. I love That's that. awesome. That's awesome. That's really good. Well, thank you, Connor. You have been, this has been a treat. We appreciate it. <laughs> thank you guys um, for letting me come and ramble yeah. on your thing for a long time. Thanks yeah, for being so course. passionate Understand. about villains. <laughs> yeah, this is great. Of course. Because if you're drowning in words, so are we, and you might as well not do it alone.